I am struggling uh, with what direction to go in our text this morning, 1 Samuel chapter number 25, and I uh, want to look at Abigail this morning, um, knowing that it's Mother's Day, I, I, I wish I could take credit and say I did that on purpose, uh, of course I knew Mother's Day was coming, but when I started preaching on Nabal Wednesday night, um, and, and then it just became apparent to me, you know, it's Mother's Day and what a lovely lady his wife Abigail was who would later become David's wife after Nabal died. Um, and so as I've studied this week and meditated on uh, Abigail, I, I want to I I preach, uh, preach to our mothers this morning, but not just the mothers, uh, but the fathers and everyone else in between. Uh, her character is like Nabal's in this sense. Uh, it can be applied to you. No matter if you're male or female, you can be Nabal. You may be, you may be uh, a, a, a female this morning. You say, I don't think I have a whole lot of common with Nabal. You can have everything in common with Nabal and his character. You can be a male this morning and say, I don't think I have a whole lot uh, in common with Abigail, but you can have everything in common character-wise with Abigail. Uh, if you were here Wednesday night, you, you remember I preached on nasty Nabal. Some nasty characteristics of this man that the Bible describes who really shouldn't have been this way because he had everything uh, that uh, a man should want. He was a wealthy man. Uh, I guess that goes to teach us one more time that money does not buy ha happiness. And if you're pursuing the best job in the world so you can have all that you want, there's nothing wrong with pursuit. There's nothing wrong with a good job. Uh, but being right with God is more important than making a lot of money. Being right with God is more important than getting an education. Uh, and we're for getting an education. But don't get an education uh, at the expense of being right with God. Uh, whatever you do this morning, do it all to the glory of God. Uh, and if you can't do what you're doing to the glory of God, change what you're doing. Uh, 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 Nabal had everything that a man could want when it came to wealth, and he was not happy, he was not holy, uh, and it showed in his character. He had a poor character. He was rude, he was disobedient, he was disrespectful, he was unkind, he was unpleasant, he had no discernment, uh, he, he, he was selfish, uh, in his character, if you miss Wednesday night, it'd be worth your time to go on our website, on our podcast, pull it up and listen to it. Uh, the nasty characteristics of Nabal, it made him a kind of person that no one wanted to be around. And uh, his life was tragic and his death was tragic. Drunk himself to death, had a heart attack or a stroke, uh, uh, something along that line. Uh, most folks I've read behind uh, uh, say, I don't know what it was really, but God smote him and he died uh, in his foolishness. Uh, he died in his disobedience. Uh, and uh, I, I believe he was a lost man and we know if he died lost in hell, he lifted up his eyes just like the rich man in Luke 15. Uh, in hell, or Luke is it 15 or 16, in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. And uh, this uh, Nabal was a, uh, a man uh, that had uh, all the wealth that a man could want. Uh, we, we, he's described to us as a man from the uh, tribe of Caleb or the family of Caleb. Uh, 
Uh, Caleb being uh, uh, Joshua's partner in crime when they, I say partner in crime, I guess a better word would be his partner in faith uh, when they went into uh, uh, Canaan and spied out the land and the ten uh, out of twelve spies came back and said we, we can't take this land but Joshua and Caleb said uh, we saw them giants and they're pretty big but before we saw them we saw God and uh, if you've seen God before you saw them it, God makes them look a whole lot smaller than what they are and that's the problem with many of us we see our giants and we don't see God and what you need is a fresh view of who he is and he can take care of all them giants in your life. And so this is who Nabal is descended from. He comes from a line of people who are uh, not, uh, 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 not just religious, but really have faith in God uh, and have followed God, and yet his father's religion didn't become his. Maybe the religion did, but the relationship did not. And you better make sure this morning that more than what you got from your mother or your father, you got more than their religion, but you got their relationship with the Lord. And uh, you say, I believe in their God. I know, but he's going to have to become your God. He's going to have to become your God. And he never became Nabal's God. And so Nabal was a miserable man in spite of the fact that he was uh, rich and that he had religion, he was miserable. And religion will make you miserable if all you have is religion. Uh, that's why folks don't like churches because they don't have relationship. They have religion. If I had to come in here and play every time I come in here, I probably wouldn't like it either. And I understand even as a child of God, there are times where we have to come in here and put on a, a, a face, we're discouraged, we're defeated, we're deflated or whatever it may be. We have to do some things by faith. But if you're pretending if you're pretending, that is a hard job. It's a whole lot of work. And it'll make folks miserable when they're pretending uh, 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 to have something they don't have or to be something that they are not. Is anybody hearing me on that this morning? Uh, Nabal was not only rich, and not only did we see his religion last week, but we, seen, uh, we saw his relationship to his wife Abigail. Uh, Abigail is in stark contrast to Nabal. She is the opposite of him. Uh, and that'll drive anybody crazy if you're bitter and angry, uh, happy people, holy people drive you insane. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being happy and holy. There's something wrong with being bitter and angry. Uh, but if you're bitter and angry, people that are not like you uh, will bother you. Uh, and they don't need to change. You do. Uh, Abigail was a wonderful wife and you'd think that Nabal would say you know I've got all these riches and I've got this religion of course that was all that it was was religion and I've got this relationship to my wife who is of a beautiful countenance you know I've got a lot to be thankful for and yet when we find Nabal he's always nasty he's always rude the Bible describes him as churlish he is rude he is bitter uh, and, 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 and listen this morning one, one thing uh, that will help you uh, and you ought to do this often. Uh, Jesus has his disciples uh, gathered around at the Last Supper, uh, and he looks at all 12 of them, and he says to all of them, one of you is going to betray me. Uh, one of you is going to betray me, and he's speaking of Judas, saying one of you is going to betray me, uh, and all of his disciples respond like this, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? 
Uh, you know, this morning, it, it's a good thing when you hear preaching to say, Lord, is that me? Uh, Lord, are, are, are you talking to me? Uh, Lord, are, is there something there for me? Uh, we always assume, I'm guilty of it too, uh, Lord, uh, so-and-so needs to hear that, and this one needs to hear that, and boy, I hope they're listening. I want to ask you this morning, are you listening? Am I listening to the characteristics of Nabal that were really just nasty, uh, and no one, no one wanted to be around Nabal? Uh, his servants uh, had this testimony of him. Uh, his wife had this testimony of him. David had this testimony of him. But more than important than his servants had this testimony, more important than his wife uh, and David had this testimony. Uh, how many of you believe this morning that this book is inspired of the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost gave the testimony of Nabal that he was a rude, churlish, evil, wicked son of Belial. That he was a man uh, with no understanding uh, and a selfish man. Uh, it, it would break my heart if you thought that about me. It would break my heart if my wife thought that about me. It would break my heart if my children thought that about me. And though these characteristics may from time to time enter into your life and you have to fight them back, but that's not what we ought to be known for. Uh, you can be rude, uh, but not be known for being rude. You can have a bad day, uh, but not be known for every day's a bad day. But more than your wife or your children or your husband, ladies, that the Holy Ghost of God gave a testimony of Nabal and said he is churlish, he is rude, he's severe, he's wicked, he's unkind. That, 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 that ought to make everybody in here say, Lord, is it me? I don't want to be that. I had somebody come to me, and I, I won't say who it was, and it was halfway joking, but Wednesday night I said, boy, you was preaching to me. And I laughed, and I said, no, I'm being serious. You was really preaching to me. I said, man, I appreciate that. That is a sign of maturity, that you re spiritual maturity, that you can say, you were preaching to me. We love when the preaching is for everybody else, but this morning if we could take the word of God and say, Lord, would you preach to me? Lord, would you preach to my heart? It would be good, a self-evaluation of who you are in your day-to-day -day life. I preached this Wednesday night. I went into school on Thursday. I told the staff, I said, I'm, I'm, y'all about to all hate me. I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, we're going to have teacher evaluation. And they all just kind of looked at me. I said, I know it don't sound fun. Because if we're going to have it, somebody's got to do the evaluating. I guess they assumed it was going to be me, but I said, no, I'm going to put my, myself in this with you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to pass out 10 questions to every student. They don't have to write their name on it. It's a scale of 1 to 10. All they have to do is circle a number beside each one of our names, and the questions are going to be concerning our character. Uh, is our character... Uh, 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 do you consider the following staff members to be friendly? And, and my name's on there and everyone's name scale of one to 10. And, and some of them, uh, some of them over there uh, really, really, really uh, like us or they're lying. And they're just 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. I, I, I knew one or two of them, maybe that was just the way they really felt, you know, man, this place is just a 10. 
But then, there, and no one was rude. There was no ones or twos or threes, and we was thankful for that. But there were some fives and some sixes and some sevens. You say, Preacher, did that hurt your feelings a little bit? Because I had some. But I tell you what, it did more than hurt my feelings. It helped my life. You need people that will be honest with you and you need to be honest with yourself because there is room for improvement in me and you and all of us. I don't want to be like Nabal, but sometimes I am. I don't want to be like Nabal, but sometimes I am. But I need to see him because it is in him that I see me sometimes. But thank God this morning, he's not the only one in this text. There is a lovely lady by the name of Abigail. I want to look at Abigail for just a handful of minutes this morning. Um, Abigail. I want, to, I want to preach on her characteristics, and before I, before I do that, and we'll read here in just a moment. You're in 1 Samuel 25. I believe we ain't prayed or nothing, but that's all right. Lord, help us this morning. We believe you will in Jesus' name. Now we've prayed. I, I, want, to, uh, I, I want to look this morning at the, at the character of Abigail. One thing that, 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 that stands out to me about Abigail, and, and, and I've got three different outlines, and I don't really like any of them, and so I may chunk them all and just go down through the text and pull out the highlights as we go. But, but one thing that stands out to me about Abigail is that she was of supreme character uh, in spite of the fact that she was married to nasty Nabal which says to me this morning uh, that it is not my circumstances uh, that dictate my character. It is not my circumstances uh, that, 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 uh, uh, that make me who I am, uh, but I can be who I am uh, in spite of my circumstances. Now, if we be honest this morning, we all like to play the victim. You do. Everybody does. Well, I am a product of my raising. I'm mean because my mama was mean. I'm mean because my daddy was mean. I'm mean because uh, I was brought up to be that way. I'm rude. That's how my daddy, my daddy's rude. I'm rude. Whatever it is that we say. I, 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 I like to get drunk because my daddy liked to get drunk. I like to cuss because that's how I was raised. I'm not talking about me in person or, or I'm just talking about how people say we blame what we are on somebody else. Well, if you knew what I had to live with, someone might say, then you'd be just as rude or discouraged or defeated as I am. If you knew who my mother really is, you'd know why I am like I am. If you knew who my father really was, then you would understand. Our, our ladies, if you knew the man I was married to, our, our, our men, if you knew that woman I had to live with, you'd know why my head's bowed down and I'm discouraged all the time too. And see, that sounds real good until you read about Abigail. And you find out that in Abigail, 
It is not the matter of your circumstances of life uh, that makes uh, 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 you who you are, but it is a decision and it is an indwelling uh, and it is a, uh, it is a, uh, a personal thing that you decide in spite of all this, I'm gonna do this. In spite of what's been given me, here's what I'm going to be. I'm not going to let my nasty Nabal husband determine my character. Uh, There's folks in here this morning you've been blaming people a long time for why you're like Nabal. But when we read the story of Abigail, we find out that in the middle of all of that, she retains her integrity, her joy. And I, I want to say this to you this morning. I, I, as, I, as I read um, about, Na, or about Nabal and Abigail, I, I thought, how did this, and in the verse 3, the Bible describes him, said he was evil in his doings, he's churlish. Uh, if you looked up his name, Nabal, it means foolish. She was literally married to a fool who was rude uh, and wicked and evil in his doings. How did a woman that the Bible said about Abigail, she was of a beautiful countenance and of good understanding, how did this beautiful woman, Abigail, get married to this this foolish, wicked man, Nabal? Uh, Here's the answer. We know the answer. It don't take much studying to find the answer. It was the custom of their day. Uh, And uh, the father of the bride would find her a husband. Maybe Abigail's parents said, we're going to marry you up. We're going to marry you into money and you're not going to have to be poor like us. I I don't know what the custom was. Or maybe they were wealthy and they said, we want you to find someone that's wealthy. We're going to marry you up. And they hooked her up. It was not her. Listen to me this morning. The man that she married, it was not her decision. She had nothing to do with it. Her mother and her father married her off to Nabal. I guess you could say mom and dad made a bad mistake. Right? How many moms and dads have made some bad mistakes? But it's not her fault. Here she is, this young lady. She comes up and, 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 and grows up in this home. And, and boy, she, she's just like every other young lady. She wants to get married. And she's looking, or like most anyways, at least like they were then. I don't know if they want to get married anymore uh, everywhere. But, but I still think marriage is honorable. I believe the Bible teaches that. And if that's something you desire, you desire a good thing. It's honorable. You say, well, I want to be a career-minded person. All right, that's fine, but I will say this much to you. When you get 70, 80 years old, your career ain't going to take care of you. They're not going to sit by you at your bedside. They're not going to love on you. But I tell you who will, the people called family that you've devoted your life to. Don't let the liberal agenda lie to you and tell you you're missing out. They may have it all going right now, but one of these days you're going to want some children. One of these days you're going to want some people that love you unconditionally like you love them, and it will not be the corporate world. She wanted to get married. She wanted a life. She... Grows up and her mom and dad marry her to this man. They pick him out. 
It's not her fault that she's living with this miserable jerk. And I've known some lovely ladies that were married to miserable jerks. And oh, by the way, I've known some lovely men, if that's a word you can put in front of man, uh, uh, and they were married to miserable jerks. Huh? And you think, man, I feel so sorry for that man. Or on the other hand, I feel so sorry for that lady. God knows it must be miserable. God knows it must be difficult. It's not her fault. And now she's married to a man and there's nothing she can do about it. There's nothing she can say about it. And every day she lives with him in his misery. Don't you think that it would be very much understandable if you were to say, Abigail acts just like Nabal. Abigail's just as mean as he. I don't know how long they were married, but here's what I know. The circumstances of her her life did not change who she was. When we find her in the Word of God, she's still a Christian. When we find her in the, in the, in the Word of God, she's still filled with joy. I want to look at her characteristics this morning. I want to ask you to evaluate yourself. Maybe we'll contrast Two characteristics quickly. Are y'all still with me this morning? Look in verse number 3. 1 Samuel 25, verse number 3. Now the name of the man was Nabal. Again, his name means a fool. And the name of his wife, Abigail. Again, her name means joy is my father. See, when you're kin to joy, it don't really matter who you're married to. When you're kin to joy, it don't really matter who your mama is. When you're kin to joy, it don't matter really who your daddy is. When you're kin to joy, it don't really matter what your circumstance is. Joy is of the Lord. And the Bible said that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know what will get you through life? It won't be money. It won't be friends. It won't be popularity. It won't be people. It won't be fame or fortune. Do you know what will get you through life with your head, your head held high and, and, and contentment in your heart? It is the joy of the Lord. Joy. Here's what the Bible said, and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. I, I want to I mention three things in verse number three this morning and then, and then move on maybe to some other verses. First of all, I want you to notice her joy. Uh, joy uh, is different than happiness. Uh, happiness is what the world offers. Do what makes you happy. And, and I understand that. You know, I like being happy. How many of you like being happy? I like to be happy. Uh, do what makes you happy is, is what the world uh, offers. That's the best that they can offer because it's all that they have. Do what makes you happy. Do what is pleasing unto you that makes you happy. And so if Nabal don't make you happy, Abigail, leave him. If Nabal don't make you happy, then go on down the road. If Nabal and your mother or your father don't make you happy, then do what makes you happy. 
Buy what makes you happy. Hang out with what makes you happy. Lay around with what makes you happy. Run around with what makes you happy. Smoke what makes you happy. I mean, just do what makes you happy. But here's the thing about happiness. It is short-lived. Here's the thing about happiness. It does not last long and you've got to go find something else because that gets old real quick. If you're looking for a man to make you happy, it won't be long you picking up his dirty socks and you'll no longer be happy. If you're looking for a lady to make you happy, it won't be long you'll find out she's not always as pleasant as you think that she ought to be and you're not going to be happy if all of your happiness is wrapped up in a person. Why do people drink themselves to death? Because they're looking for something to make them happy. Why do people drug themselves to death? Because the first time they ever took a hit of whatever it was, they entered into some euphoric mindset that they'd never been before, and they said, this is the most wonderful thing in the world, and they spend the rest of their life chasing the first time that'll never happen again. Short-lived. I had a friend who's a preacher now, but when he was young, he was addicted to crack cocaine. I said, you're going to have to explain this to me. One day we were talking, I said, how did you do that? I mean, what do you, you know, you just, hey, let me get a hit of crack cocaine. I mean, how does that work? I don't understand that. Like, I know how bad that is and how addictive that is. If somebody come up and said, hey, man, you want some crack? No, you're, you're cracked in the head. I don't understand. He said, well, it starts off with easy stuff. Hey, man, get a hit of this joint. It won't hurt you at all. And you do that. And he said, and the first time he said that I ever took crack cocaine, he said, uh, he said, I entered into this place. He said, I don't know how to explain it, but my mind, my body, my, my functions, my whole, he said, it, it was euphoric. He said, everything was delightful. Everything was wonderful. And he said, I never had experienced anything like that in my life until I came off of it. And he said, no, I knew right away I got to do something to get that again. He said, I spent 10 years chasing that first time. And I spent all my money. I pawned everything we had. I sold everything we had. I robbed, I, 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 robbed, I, I, I lied. I, whatever I had to do to get that again. Looking for happiness. See, what Abigail had was something more than happy. It is given us in her name, but we don't just see it in her name, we see it in her nature, we see it in her life. She knew something of the joy of the Lord. And while happiness is dependent on your circumstances, joy has nothing to do with your circumstances. You can get a terminal cancer uh, uh, bill, uh, uh, or you can get uh, labeled with a terminal cancer and still have joy. Uh, you can be locked away in a prison and still have joy. Uh, you can go through the greatest heartache of life and say I'm not happy right now but there's still joy in my heart 
Joy comes from the Lord. What your marriage needs is joy. What your children need is joy. What you ha- your home needs is joy. What your life needs is joy. And joy cannot be hid. Joy cannot be muffled. Joy cannot be taken away by circumstances. Abigail is different than Nabal because she does not have, or he does not have what she has. Joy. Now when we think about Nabal, we, we think about just a description of what the Bible says about him. He was churlish, he was rude. But, but let's think about in terms of his life. He had servants, people he paid to work for him. He had sheep, he had riches. Obviously he had the ability to work with people. I bet there were times, and he liked to drink. We find in the latter part of the text that he threw a big feast. He threw a big party, and he got drunk, and people came to his party. Uh, He had enough money. I promise you he laughed. I promise you that he had a good time. I mean, probably put his arm around his buddies and said, Boy, you're my friend. I, I love you, man. You know how folks do. I mean, don't, don't just assume he just walked around like he'd, you know, as the old saying goes, been drinking pickle juice all, all, all his life. Uh, I was going to make the mother-in-law joke, but I'll, leave you, I'll spare you since it's Mother's Day. And I love my mother-in-law. And I know you do as well. Say amen right there, men, to all of and women who have mother-in-laws here. I mean, there were moments of laughter. There were moments of happiness. But what Nabal was missing, oh, I wish you'd hear me this morning. I hope I'm not boring you absolutely to death. But what Nabal was missing was joy. What he was missing was the joy of the Lord. What his wife had that he did not have was joy. And I want to ask you point blank this morning, do you know the joy of the Lord? Are you filled with the joy of the Lord? She had joy. Let me ask you another question. Why don't you have joy? I understand some people, some people, some people, I understand some people, they have an, uh, how do I say, an angry resting face. My, my wife said that when I'm concentrating, she's taking pictures of me. I'll, I'll be sitting over there reading. <laughs> she took pictures and said, grumpy cat. <laughs> I understand some, some people have a, a grumpy resting face. That doesn't mean that they're grumpy. They just look that way. But then they talk and you realize, man, these people have joy. Isn't that something you can recognize in people? Joy? I mean, you can recognize it, especially if you have it. And especially if you don't have it. So I guess if you have it, you can recognize it. If you don't have it, you can recognize it. What I'm trying to say is if you ain't got it, people know. You ever been around a Christian that just just full of joy. What? 
why are you, why are you so happy? Why are you so, I mean, you know, I've been to the graveyard with people. We, 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 we buried my, my grandfather last year, the year before last, I guess, 21. What are we in, 23 now? Good gracious. And, and I, I, I told him, um, he asked me to preach the funeral. And I said, I want to, uh, when he passed away, I told him, I said, I want to have a service. And there were some folks that said, well, you know, COVID's not that far. I said, I don't care less about COVID. The man lived his whole life for the Lord. We're going to have church to honor him leaving this world. I said, I'll, I, I'll, I'll give in to anything, but I'm going to fight you on that. I'll have my own service if I have to. And they, they, they said, all right, we, fine, we will. They didn't fight me. Good family. We had church and we come in there and they, they met in there and we sang what a day that will be and people worshipped. We, we sang, uh, uh, we, 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 I can't remember what all, uh, farther on, we'll know all about it and people wept and they worshipped the Lord and they praised God and, they, and, and we went to the graveside and people bragged on God and they said hallelujah and words like amen and praise the Lord and, and blessed be the name. You say, why would someone do that at a funeral? Because uh, the circumstances may be grim, the circumstances may be dim, uh, but joy is not dependent on my circumstances because I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. She had joy that got her through some of the worst times of her life. That's why some of you hadn't quit. That's why some of you... And really, if you knew the circumstances of people in this church, what they live in, and some of you think you're pretty good at hiding it, but you're not as good at hiding it as you think that you are, that your circumstances are rough. And yet you come, yet you testify, yet you sing, yet you praise God. It is because of joy. And that may be what you're missing this morning. I, 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 I'm not going to preach all this today. I may just stay in verse 3 and be done. She was a woman of good understanding. You know what that simply means? She, she was prudent. She had discernment. Insight. Foresight. I, I know in the Old Testament the Spirit of God did not indwell men and women. He only dwelt them. Um, the Spirit of God would light upon people, but He did not indwell them. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God indwells us, and that's why we have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, kindness, gentleness, faith. Nine fruit of the Spirit. I'm, I'm sure I missed some of them. It is a quality of being filled with the Spirit of God, and one of those characteristics is discernment. The ability to foresee, be prudent, and to know. The Bible said about Nabal he was a fool. He had no idea how foolish he was. But Abigail had discernment. She is lovely in her character because in spite of her circumstances, in spite of her being married to a foolish man, she has discernment. She knows what's right. And discernment is simply this, the ability to to discern or to figure out the difference in right and wrong, truth and error. 
Have I preached y'all to death this morning? She has good understanding. In her home, the way it ought to operate under the guidelines that God had ordained is the husband is to be the head of the home. And I believe that he was, I believe she submitted to him because she had good understanding. I don't believe he was the kind of person that would be easy to submit to. I believe that she did it because she had good understanding. And, and I know folks don't like that this morning, but we still believe the Bible at Crossroads Baptist Church. She had good understanding. She had discernment. She had wisdom. In spite of all the mess around her. So not only did she have good understanding, it was a part of her character. Not only did she have joy, but here's what the Bible said. I may close with this. We, we may finish up quickly. She was of a beautiful countenance. What does that mean? Well, it means she was a beautiful woman. But it's more than just that she was a beautiful woman. She was of a beautiful countenance. I preached some time back on, uh, be careful your countenance is showing. The countenance is what I was talking about a moment ago. It, it is what people see when they see you. Your countenance. We read about uh, why is your countenance falling. Let, let me make a statement to you this morning. Your attitude cannot be hid. Cannot be hid. Uh, your at, whether good or bad, it cannot be hid. If you come in here and everything's going fine and life's just going good and, and, and it's just obvious... If you come in here and you're fighting and you're mad and you're angry and, and, and things are going on, uh, your countenance cannot be hid. You are not built, none of us, none of us, you are not built with the ability to hide. It shows forth in your countenance. The Holy Ghost used the words that this woman was of a beautiful countenance. I believe that was more than skin deep. I believe that was more than an outward beauty. But I believe that was when you saw her, you knew she was a prize. When you saw her, you knew there was something about her that was different than all the others. She was of a beautiful countenance. She may have been a knockout outside of her countenance. But then you add her countenance to her and she was beautiful. There's been some women and men that the world would describe as that is a beautiful person. But their countenance takes them down. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Boys, when you're looking for a wife, you might want to look a little bit deeper than skin deep. What is her countenance? Girls, when you're looking for a husband, you might want to look a little bit more than skin deep and wallet deep. What is inside? Because how do you know what's inside? Because it comes forth from the out, to the outside. 
Young people, you can't hide your attitude. Mama, you can't hide your attitude. Daddy, you can't hide your attitude. And here's the deal. You can be saved. Uh, you can be filled with the Spirit of God uh, in terms of salvation, but you can, you can live your life uh, to a way where bitterness takes over, where anger takes over, where frustration takes over, and you may be doing the same things you've always done. You may be going through the same motions you've always gone through. You may have the same actions that you've always had, and yet, but though your actions are the same, your attitude is different, and your countenance tells a story that your lips won't speak of. You may have been in church your whole life, and you may be saved, but in the moment of life right now, bitterness and anger and frustration has robbed you of your spirit-filled joy, and it shows in your countenance. I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to you. But in the middle of all these terrible circumstances, Abigail was of a beautiful countenance. I was listening to conference pulpit last night, Brother Dan, Miss Pat on 1071 Waynesboro. I'd come over here to the church to get some books. And uh, I was listening, I can't even remember the preacher's name now, but it comes on at 9 o'clock on BBN um, 1071. I was listening to the conference pulpit last night, and the preacher that was preaching was telling a, a story about a lady in his church when he pastored in a church in Michigan. I believe is where it was. He said there was a lady in his church, and, and, and she was married to a lost man, and... Uh, he said that uh, at the church she was active, at the church she was involved, at the church she was a part of their deaf ministry, she was a part of all kinds of different ministries, but at home she was a preacher. And Here's how he described that, he said at church she was just involved in church, but when she went home because she saw that he wasn't where she thought he needed to be and he wasn't, that she spent her time preaching to him, always preaching to him, preaching to him. And she said, uh, uh, the preacher said, uh, one day she came to him and said, Preacher, I need you to help me pray. I don't know what to do. Uh, he's getting more and more angry, more and more frustrated. I don't know what to do. And the preacher said, I want you to sit down. I want to talk to you. And she said, he said, at home, you're not a servant. At home, you're not a Christian. At home, you're, you're not lovely. At home, you're not loving. At home, you are a preacher that is always preaching to your husband about how he's not as good as you are. She said, well, I've never done no such thing. And he said, you have. You have. He said, until you can realize that I'm not going to be able to help you. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home, and I want you to, I want you to talk to him. I want, you to, I want you to just be his wife. I want you to serve the home. I want you to love him. I want you to just be his wife. You come to church, but just be his wife. They were having a, she didn't do it. They were having something at the church and he came in there and got her. He said, you're going home. She went home, they had a little boy that was in the youth group and they came and got his wife and his son and said, y'all are done here, you're going home with me. They went home and she called the preacher the next day and said, see, I told you there's something wrong with him. He needs to be saved. And he did need to be saved. There's something wrong with him. 
she said, uh, he won't even let us go to church anymore. And the preacher said, have you done what I said to? She said, no. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to spend time with God and I want you to pray and I want you to say, all right, if you don't want me to go, I won't go. She said, I want, he, he said, I want you to pray that God will show you if there's anything wrong in you. You can't fix him. See, it's easy to figure out what's wrong in them, but you, you, you can't fix them, but what you need to do is you, you. He said, and when you get you fixed, watch and see what God does. He said, now this woman was a Christian. She loved the Lord. She was active and involved in our church. But this one area, he said about a week or two went by and one day he got word from her and her husband. that She sat down in the living room and said, I need to talk to you. And said, I got to apologize to you. For 20 years I've not been your wife, I've been your preacher. For 20 years I have talked to you about how wrong you are and I've not served you, I've not served this home. I've not been a Christian to you. I've nagged, I've complained, I've griped about everything in your life. And she said, I want you to forgive me. Tears rolling down her face. I want you to forgive me. I want to be a Christian in front of you. Here was the man's response. I never thought I'd live to see the day that you would ever apologize for anything. I never thought I'd live to see the day that you would ever apologize for anything. He said, I want you to go back to that church. And I want you to take our son. And I want him to be in that youth group. And by the way, I'll go with you. Sounds to me like Abigail. And there's some men in here need to have what Abigail had. There's some ladies in here need to have what Abigail had. And I didn't get to get to it this morning, but I'll just say this. When Abigail comes to David and she says, I know who you are, and I know that you've come to kill Nabal, but I want to stop you, and I want to confess our sin. And she had nothing to do with that, and yet she was willing to humble herself and repent and confess. That's how Christians act. In your home, you may be a child, you may be a mother, you may be a father, but you're known as the preacher. There's nothing wrong with being a preacher, and we need preachers, but at home, you're supposed to be who you're supposed to be at home. Abigail said to David, I confess, please forgive. Are you a Nabal this morning, or are you an Abigail this morning? You say, I've got some Nabal characteristics, preacher, but I'm working on them. But I've also got some Abigail. You know what that's called? That's called spiritual maturity. Here's what I need to work on. Lord Jesus, I love you this morning. I thank you for this day. God, you have preached to us in these recent days. Lord, I believe you're building... I believe you're building strong Christians. Lord, may our homes and may our hearts be filled with the joy 
of the Lord. May we, may we live living our, our, our attitude is so much louder of a preacher than our actions and than our words. We may have the right words and we may be doing the right actions. Still going to church, still reading our Bible, still kneeling in public to pray, still singing in the choir, still teaching a Sunday school class, still giving our tithe. We may have the right words, we may have the right actions, but if our attitude is bitter, if our attitude smells, if our countenance is telling, God help us do some spiritual homework. Help us search my heart, O oh God. Search our hearts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Lord Jesus, I pray. I love you this morning. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Let's stand all over the building this morning. She's going to play and sing. Would you come pray today? Would you come talk to the Lord this morning?